And while we deal with these economic issues, there are other things making their way through the Indiana General Assembly. Guy Relford joins us right now. You know him as the gun guy from 93.1 FM WIBC, 5 to 7 p.m. on Saturday's uh, Second Amendment Lawyer, the 2A Project. You can find that on Facebook, uh, the work that he does on the Second Amendment. Lawful carry, I think that's what they're calling it, lawful carry, which sometimes referred to as constitutional carry, has just passed the House there in the General Assembly, but it was Republicans last year who scuttled the idea. Will the Senate do that again? Will Senate Republicans scuttle the idea of constitutional carry? Guy Relford joins us right now. Let's talk about what this legislation is, because uh, if, if you listen to the Indiana Democrats, this is wild and crazy, and, and this is about just giving anybody a, a gun, and it's that kind of, of bravado uh, talking point talk. What is this legislation? Well, what it is, Tony, is it simply says that if you're a law-abiding citizen and, and you're in that class of persons that would pass the background check to get a license to carry anyway, you don't have to go through the bureaucratic process of, of proving your innocence and establishing your eligibility to exercise a constitutionally protected right. If you're a felon, uh, if you're yeah, someone who has a conviction for a crime of domestic violence, you're under a domestic violence order of protection, you've been adjudicated to be mentally ill, all those folks who are prohibited from carrying guns anyway um, would not be covered by lawful carry. It simply says law-abiding citizens don't have to beg the government for permission to exercise a constitutionally protected right, and that's why 21 states have already adopted uh, constitutional carry, just as we're trying to do here. And so let's let's start first with this argument that this is some kind of radical position that gives everybody a a, a firearm uh, and and creates a more dangerous society. I know you've been doing this breakdowns on your show, the Gun Guy Show, five to seven p.m. there on WIBC, and the data doesn't bear out that fear mongering. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, we don't have to discuss this in a vacuum. Like I say, there are 21 states who have adopted this. By the way, of those 21 states, none have said, ooh, this is a bad idea. We just turned the state into a wild west. We better reinstitute a licensing system. None. Zero. Um, so we can go to those states. We can look at what their data are, both before and after instituting constitutional carry, and there's simply no valid argument based on the, based on the, uh, the actual statistics and the numbers to say that constitutional carry increases violence. In fact, there's a very plausible argument, and there's some data to support this, that more law-abiding citizens having the capacity to defend themselves will actually deter crime, not increase it. Now let's get into where arguments uh, exist uh, amongst the Republicans, because this was a conversation last year. And, and by the way, we should be clear that I'm with you. I think it's pretty strange that people talk about this as uh, somehow a problem and they have no, you know, no questions about eliminating restrictions on things that aren't constitutionally prescribed, yet somehow this, which is constitutionally prescribed, needs a serious number of, of restrictions. It's a very strange positioning that they take and one that they fall flat on time and, and time again. But the Republicans didn't move this through last year. It got destroyed in committee, so you never know who voted for it and who voted against it, regardless of who was talking about it positively to the public. This gets through the House. I, I, I thought it was a, a pretty large uh, uh, 
chasm there in, in, in the House in the General Assembly. I'm curious if there are any Democrats on board. What are Senate Republicans telling you right now about lawful carry? Yeah, I mean, 64 to 29, Tony, was the count in the House. Um, I think it all depends on how much Senate Republicans are willing to stand up and be accountable for their position on the issue. If they want to be accountable, because invariably they go back to their constituents and back to their districts and campaign on the Second Amendment. Oh, yeah, I support uh, the Second Amendment. I support Hoosier gun rights. Uh, But then behind closed doors in secret caucus meetings where, to your point, no one knows how any particular senator uh, contributed to that discussion back behind closed doors. They kill it so that they don't have to be accountable. They kill it so that they don't have to be on a committee and vote yes or no, or when it makes its way to the Senate floor, actually vote on the floor where there's a public accountable vote that they have to be um, uh, responsible for back to their constituents. So that's what we're pushing for right now is simply give it a vote. Be transparent. Allow your constituents to judge your input on their behalf uh, based on the public record, which is what? Giving it a hearing, voting up or down, and being accountable. That's what we're asking for. And, and Senate Republicans got a lot of heat, and, and a lot of it generated right there on WIBC. They got a lot of heat uh, for this secret closed-door uh, process where uh, where they're killing things in caucus meetings with no accountability, and I think they're going to be really reluctant to do that this year. I, I think there's a lot of heat uh, on Senator Liz Brown, who's chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, if it gets assigned to the Judiciary Committee, uh, it's going to be up to her to give it a hearing, obviously with input from Senate leadership. I think she, she's up for re-election, and I think she's going to be very reluctant to do the same thing that she did last year, which is allow it to die in committee. Uh, so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. But to me, it's all about visibility, accountability, and transparency, and, and senators who like to campaign on the Second Amendment being accountable for their position in the Indiana Senate. If we get that, we get that transparency, we'll get it passed. So let's say you get it passed in the Senate. Now you've got Governor Holcomb, and honestly, I don't know where he is on on these subjects. You know, some people are saying even on, on the social issues, he's just biding his time. He's waiting for the moment to to engage. I've heard this from Republicans, and I heard it uh, now uh, for, from Democrats. Where is he on lawful carry? Well, he's been lukewarm on it at best. When it came up in the debate last election, uh, where Donald Rainwater, in no small part, got a whole bunch of votes because he adamantly supported constitutional carry. When that question was posed to the governor, he said, well, I don't want to do anything that it might jeopardize our police officers. And that's all he said, even though there are no data whatsoever to support the idea that constitutional carry imperils police. Uh, and there are data. There, there are police shooting data out there that show us it doesn't do any such thing. But he's been lukewarm at best. But you know, if the if the scuttlebutt is in any way accurate that he's got uh, eyes on per, perhaps running for Senate, uh, I think he would be incredibly reluctant to veto constitutional carry and then try to survive a Republican primary uh, running for a Senate seat. I think that would be uh, death to a Republican campaign, and we're trying to not so subtly communicate that. He's not come out uh, and, and said specifically he opposes it, uh, but he's been very lukewarm. In fact, last time it came up, he said something along the lines of, well, I, I'm not so sure we need to change anything about our current system. Uh, but, hey, all it takes is a majority in the Indiana General Assembly to override a veto. So if he wants to take that step and do something so anti-Second Amendment when he has political aspirations outside the governor's office and still get it passed into law because we can override a veto with a mere majority, I, I think that would be politically 
dangerous, if not fatal to him, on future aspirations, and uh, I'm hoping he realizes that.